Well, two notes of interest. First of all, today we celebrate the memorial of St. Ambrose, who was the great teacher of St. Augustine uh, back in the 4th century. And also, uh, another note would be that I'd like to announce, it's a little bit short notice, unfortunately, but I'll, I'll talk about it today, and then also during the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is tomorrow, and then also this Sunday, um, uh, this second Sunday in Advent as well, I'll speak about it, but we'll have um, some other priests and I, what we wanted to do was recreate basically last Lent's Day of Mercy, and we have this Day of Mercy last Lent, and it's diocesan wide, and the confessionals are open for long hours. And uh, we had uh, some priest friends and I decided to do the same thing, but just to do it in our respective parishes. We can't, obviously, it's not a diocesan-wide thing. So we'll have a kind of a parochial day of mercy, and we're switching up, just like I did last Lent. We're going to switch up so you'll have an outside confessor come in. We find that to be very helpful, very important to do that, to, to give these smaller rural parishes the opportunity to have different confessors come in. So this Monday, again, short notice, but it was the only thing we could work out with our schedule. This Monday, we'll have a kind of a, a local day of mercy. Uh, Father Peter Matola from St. John the Evangelist in Spencerport, another St. John Evangelist, this time in, in Rochester. He'll be the priest coming, and he'll be in Lyons from 1230 to 330, and he'll be here from 4 to 7. Okay, so that'll be this next Monday, and I'll speak about it during the Immaculate Conception, and also this Sunday as well. Well, St. Ambrose, a great teacher, uh, I'm going to try to t- tie St. Ambrose together with uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Um, St. Ambrose, one of the, the great things that he did that was very, very helpful for St. Augustine, St. Augustine went through a long period of, of doubt and searching um, as to the true faith and to the true religion. And one of the things, the obstacles that prevented him from fully embracing Catholic Christianity uh, was some of the aspects of the Old Testament. I mean, that was one issue out of many other issues, but that was that was an issue for him, is how to understand the Old Testament. Now, the Old Testament proved kind of, kind of a stumbling block for many of the ancients, uh, I think, uh, as it does as well today. And uh, when St. Augustine began to listen to how uh, Ambrose interpreted the Old Testament, he saw... Through Ambrose's preaching and interpretation, he saw how in the Old Testament uh, there are deeper levels of meaning, deeper and deeper and multiple levels of meaning. That's not always just on the surface. You don't always have to just go by what's on the surface of the Old Testament. But there's very, very deep levels and that these deep levels all sort of interpenetrate each other, the meanings of various books and various passages. And then the different meanings of the New and Old Testament all are all sort of intertwined and interpenetrate each other and repeat various patterns and analogies. And uh, when you have a good interpreter to show you that, it starts to, to make the Old Testament look like a divinely inspired book, as it is, in fact. And you, you're able to go past the surface. Uh, so that's what St. Ambrose was able to do for Augustine, and it really helped him uh, convert and fully embrace Catholic Christianity. Today we have, uh, in our Old Testament uh, reading, we have the prophet Isaiah. And again, trying to demonstrate the deeper levels of meaning and the interpenetration between the Old and the New Testament. Uh, I'm going to try to interpret it in that, in that sense here. Uh, Isaiah says, um, Open up the gates to let in a nation that is just, one that keeps faith, a nation of firm purpose you keep in peace, in peace for its trust in you. Open up the gates to let in a nation that is just, 
one that keeps faith, a nation of firm purpose. Now, here we can actually see the sacrament of reconciliation, okay, because we understand the sacrament of reconciliation, the, the power of forgiveness of sins, was given by Jesus Christ to the apostles and their successors and the priests who helped the, the bishop successors of the apostles uh, in terms of the keys. The keys are what are exercised in the sacrament of reconciliation. The, the unlocking and the locking, the binding and the loosing. Okay, so there's these keys that open up gates, that admit people into forgiveness. Okay, and so this is what uh, Isaiah is saying. He says, open up the gates to let in a nation that is just. Now, uh, for reconciliation, it's not that you're just first and you're able to then go into the gate. It's that the gate is opened up to you and as you enter into it, as the keys unbind your sins, you are made just. Okay. But what's important in all this is we see another line here. It says, a nation of firm purpose you keep in peace. And in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, there is such a thing called a purpose of amendment. And and the, the intention to have a firm purpose of amendment. And that becomes absolutely essential for getting the most out of the Sacrament of Reconciliation is absolutely possible. So if you're going to go and you're going to confess your sins, it doesn't matter if they're venial sins or they're mortal sins, but you've got no purpose of changing your life and of actually stopping the sin and of avoiding the different situations that might tempt you and lead you into that sin, uh, the sacrament's not going to work for you. The sacrament's not going to work for you. The nation that's admitted into those gates is a nation that has a firm purpose Firm purpose. And so also, in the sacrament reconciliation, we have to have a firm purpose of amendment. Now, what's important is that at the moment we receive absolution, we have that purpose. Of course, people go on, and their wills are, are changeable, and they change maybe, and they might fall back and make fall in the same sin later on and make mistakes. And that's you know that happens, unfortunately, and then we just come back to the sacrament of reconciliation. But what's important is that the moment that you receive absolution, the moment that you're celebrating the sacrament, you have that purpose to do your best, to try your best to change whatever it is that you confessed. So my brothers and sisters, um, let's again, in, in this Advent season, in preparation for the coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord, on Christmas Day, uh, let's take use and make use of the sacrament of reconciliation uh, and understand that this is uh, a beautiful uh, gift that's been given to the church, uh, and it's given to us to make us just, and it's given to those especially who have a firm purpose of amendment.